Gossip Nista here, your one and only source into the real lives of New Yorkers and what it's like to live in New York City. So is it all glitz and glamour? Where do you start? What should you know? And who am I? I'll tell you everything you need to know and you'll thank me for it. XOXO, Gossip Nista. Hey everyone, welcome to part two of the Stereotypes of New York series. If you haven't listened to part one, you can catch that on episode number seven, where I interviewed native New Yorker Jacqueline Bernstein on her NYC story, fascinating career as president of an events company in the city, and top 10 stereotypes of New York. But guess what? That wasn't enough stereotypes, or Jacqueline for that matter, that today we'll be diving deeper into 42 things you only know if you're a native New Yorker. That's right. I said 42 things, but not to worry. You'll learn so much and be a New York expert in no time. Shall we make this true or false, Jacqueline? So I can't give you comments. That is so not a New Yorker thing to do. We'll we'll try. (laughs) Of course you can. No, yes, definitely. Please do comment. (laughs) So for the audience purpose, I'll be asking the questions that actually come from an article on travel and leisure that I found. And Jacqueline, you'll come in and either agree with it, debunk it, or add commentary, and so on. So here we go. The first question is, New Yorkers love to walk. True. Nice and fast answer, Jacqueline. I love it. Okay, next question is number two, to beware the taxi shift change. What does that mean? That means that at 5 p.m., it is the hardest time to find a taxi because that's when the shift changes, mm. which you would think they would change that time frame because that's when regular people get off of work, which uh-huh. is funny because New Yorkers, I mean, my company is officially till 6 p.m. Most New Yorkers work late anyway or go out for cocktails, whatever it may be. So it is funny they shift change them, but they do. And I'll tell you a good thing that you can do. Here's a tip for you. Yay. Okay. You might see a taxi, you might hail him, and he might have his light on that and he's going to ask you where you're going. They're really not supposed to do this because they can never not take you. Really? But you could say to him, well, I live in, I don't know, Queens. And they'll be so excited because he might live in Queens or that's where his shift is changing in his garage. So it might be exciting to do that. And even if you're hailing a cab, a cab that doesn't have his light on might try to pick you up, even though they shouldn't be doing that because he might be en route to ending his shift, but he might take you where you're going and you can negotiate some sort of deal. I'm sure the TLC is going to come down on me about this, but it has happened. I'm not condoning it. I'm just letting you know right. that the driver might say, listen, I'm off my shift, but I can drive you 10 blocks where you need to go because I got to change. So that works. So to New York, Hmm, great tip. Thank you. So you're saying we might be able to get a discount? Maybe, maybe not. Okay. In regard to the shift change at 5 p.m., have no idea why they do it at that time when everyone's coming out. It makes no sense. And while we're on this subject, Jacqueline, I'd love to know, actually, my audience and some of my followers have asked, how do you hail a cab like a true <laughs> New Yorker? Stand as far as you can in the street without being hit and putting your hands up. I'm actually sitting here right now with my hands up trying to show you that. <laughs> and it's don't be right in the crosswalk because it might not be able to stop. It's going to pull over to the side. Okay. And now that we 
have the uh, protected bike lanes. You really should be on the other side of the street to try to get it. And try to think of where you're going with the turns and try to get the taxi where it's going to be easier for him to make a turn where you need to go. Got it. So, but really get your hand on out there. Yes. Finally, we know, I know, because I got to be honest, sometimes I'm scared to kind of actually hail a cab. But <laughs> on to the next question. And that's question number three. Uber is always surging. You know, I'm one of those New Yorkers that really doesn't like Uber or Lyft or any of those. And again, not that there's anything wrong with the apps and the concept. I think it's great and smart, but I, again, prefer to walk or take the subway. I think it's just- Really? Why? Uh, bottom line, less expensive. Okay. But yeah, it always seems, especially when that shift changes for the taxis, that the Uber is going to surge or when it's pouring rain out or on a Friday. So- um to me, it always seems that it's surging. I also feel when you Agreed. book an Uber and it says it'll be there in two minutes and the next thing you know, it's taking 20. And while I'm standing there and waiting for this Uber, I could have just hailed a taxi in the first place. So I think Uber comes into play, but not so much actually in New York City. I think it's helpful elsewhere. Yes. In LA, it adds up because of the traffic. But in New York, it's all those reasons you mentioned like rain and people just got off of work and it just knows when to up those prices. Um, there's another app that I use, guys, and it's called Via, which is just local to Manhattan. And sometimes that's cheaper. So you can check that out. Okay, so now on to question number four. And that is, there's no such thing as jaywalking. And we touched upon this on um, stereotype part one. But please let us know, Jacqueline. We did talk about this. Um, I mean, Granted, it's not the smartest thing to do, but if you're in the middle of the street, you need to get somewhere and you want to get to the other side, just walk. So we don't think there's jaywalking. And I okay. don't think there are not jaywalking rules here. Like I said, I've jaywalked in front of a taxi before. We're just looking to be to get from one place to another rather quickly. All right. So if you're going to jaywalk, just do it quickly and carefully. Okay. On to the next question. And that is question number five. It's okay to show cars who's boss. <laughs> Yes. And I will tell you, I have a family member whose mother is my cousin that was born in Brooklyn, but now he grew up out in Northern California. Mm -hmm. And he said, and until he brought it up to me, that he hears a lot of New Yorkers saying this. I know I've done it, that when you're trying to walk and a car is like turning and it shouldn't be. And I've said, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> and actually, I'm sorry if anyone is getting offended by me using that language, but that is an actual phrase that we New Yorkers use all the time. Either we're seeing something crazy being performed on the street and we're incredulous that it's happening, uh -huh. or yeah, this car is just driving and trying to move somewhere or honking a horn to race the next red light. And we okay. just use that phrase all the time here. Well, in my head, it goes something like this. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm walking here. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. And give them a look like, what? What are you doing? Oh, my gosh. But on the flip side, if I'm sometimes running across the street when the light is about to turn red, mm -hmm. I'll give them like, you know, the high sign, the peace sign, the love sign, like, hey, love you. Thank you. Blow a kiss at them because I want to thank them knowing that I probably shouldn't have crossed the street, but I appreciate it. Okay. And truly, are they really going to fucking hit me? I mean, that'd be ridiculous. Oh my gosh. Okay. I may have to put explicit on this specific episode. <laughs> on to question number six. When heading to the airport, call a cab. Yes. So it's a funny thing. If I'm going to the airport because I live right in the middle of the city, I will just go out and hail a tax, hail a regular taxi. But most of the time I'm going to the airport, some ungodly hour in the morning that those taxi drivers are loving it and they are fast and they're going. But if you need to go in the middle of the day, I believe and again 
I don't even necessarily would use Uber or anything. I would call like one of the car services to go. It's it's okay. It's much smarter to do. It's one of the things that I don't do as a New Yorker. I will not because I'm always carrying luggage and I'm a New Yorker and we pack a lot of stuff because we never know what we might need. Maybe that's the typical Jewish girl to me. So I'm not taking the subway or the you know transit out to the um, airport. So yeah, call a cab call a taxi. Well, I'm not a New Yorker, but I would kind of differ on the taxi cab just because I know it's about a 60 to $65 flat fee from the city into, you know, uh, specifically JFK. And um, you, you can get cheaper rates with Uber and Lyft early in the morning, specifically like $30 or so. I know this because I've traveled a lot back and forth from Southern California to New York and for work. So that's some additional tips. Question number seven, going home after work means you're not doing anything that night. Well, yeah, because we pretty much go out all the time. So there's always meeting someone for drinks. Um, mm -hmm. And when I say drinks, I'm not always necessarily feeling it has to be alcohol. You might just be meeting someone you haven't seen in a while. You might have friends that don't live in New York City itself. They live in Long Island, Westchester, Rockland, New Jersey, but you both work in the city. So you're going to meet. You haven't seen each other in a while. Yeah. Um, a lot of people go to the gym. I always go to the gym in the morning. Um, they're running errands or, you know, you can't get stuff done during the day. So a lot of like you go get your hair done or something on after work. So people are just doing that. Nail salons in New York City, there are some that are open 24 hours Dream here, come true. Or they stay open till like 930 late at night to get a manicure, pedicure. No joke. So um, I don't even know why stores close down right? like in other cities. People have things to do after work. People have things to do uh, all nights of the hour. Just just have 24-hour things. Exactly. And even doctor's offices, some of them have late night hours because those are the times you can get things done. Yes. New Yorkers don't tend to want to run an errand in the middle of the afternoon. They're going to do something very early in the morning or after work. It just It's a big pain to have to leave and maneuver around New York City. Can I just say New York is a dream in the sense of having things opened 24 hours? I don't even think Vegas has this. And it was a life-saving moment for me the night before my wedding where I needed a pedicure and a manicure and I found a nail shop that was open 24 hours. And I mean, it's just been life-changing. New York is life-changing. It's like you, you get out of the bubble you're in wherever you're living in. Yeah. Right? Okay. Now, question number eight, your best friend is a giant carry-all. Now, you know, I can attest to this. What's your thought, Jacqueline? Yes. So, and you mentioned it before because you put in your flip-flops or your sneakers. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned how I'm just going to wear those shoes for the day and that's my day. I'm just going to carry on with them. Right. But we, uh, girls and even guys are carrying some big bag with a lot of shit in it. God <laughs> knows what's in there and why we all need to carry it. So I'm one of those New Yorkers that either has a big pocketbook or I'm carrying nothing. I'm just putting you know, credit card, metro card to ride the subway, uh, cash, a lip gloss in a back pocket, business cards, or carrying a little wristlet because no one wants to carry anything or leave it anywhere, or you're carrying a big bag and throwing a lot of stuff in. <laughs> well, I'm definitely guilty as charged, Jacqueline, because I am one of those persons that carries a tote, and I'm sure a lot of other people do. Maybe it's the non-New Yorkers that are doing this, but there's definitely a lot of things you randomly end up needing to carry in New York, so it's good to have one of these with you at all times. A lot of people are carrying that. A lot of people carry shoes, or they might carry like a change of outfit. Maybe they might be sleeping out somewhere, so they carry an extra pair of panties. You never know. Oh, and wow. toiletries, they're just carrying everything with them. <laughs> oh my gosh, Jacqueline, that is so funny. Maybe some people need it for that. Okay, but what I had in mind is more so 
a tote for when grocery shopping after work or stopping by any type of store instead of carrying those bags that are probably going to rip on you just stuff everything inside your tote and it's so much more convenient and less so of a hassle true. so true but we we do tend to schlep a lot of stuff around here we just i think feel a little more comfortable having a big bag and it's like a security blanket with all your stuff in there yes it's like you can take on the world with it or at least New York. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Okay. Question number nine, Jacqueline. Headphones are a requirement in New York. Okay. So I disagree with this 100%. Really? So you see how I've went along with everything else so far. Um, I actually believe that you should not wear headphones and that you should experience all the sounds that go along with the sights of what you were seeing in New York City. Okay. So I'm not a headphone phone person. I'm also realize I'm not even a sunglass person. That might just be a personal preference. I want to be able to see everything like naturally how I'm seeing it. What do you think of that? <laughs> well, I don't agree with this one. And that's because I do have a podcast and I know that 80% of my listeners are actually listening on their phones. So that probably means headphones. And I know that's a big thing in New York. Everyone's wearing headphones. My God, I didn't even think about that. You're 100% right. Yeah, I'm definitely one of those persons that wears headphones all the time in New York. And um, it's because I'm always immersed in some type of podcast. I mean, in the subway, it's particularly prevalent. Everyone's wearing headphones there. And even when I'm walking, I'm wearing headphones because I'm still listening to whatever second I can of that last podcast. Got it. And I, I, I can understand that. And I guess maybe I'm just an experienced person that mm -hmm. I feel that I'd be taking away from everything else that I'm seeing by listening to something. But I truly hope that someone is listening to this podcast on their headphones and will call us, write us, Facebook, Instagram us and tell us what they got out of it. Yes, please do. And I completely see your side too, 200%. But there's two sides to the spectrum, I guess. Okay, question number 10, which I don't get is how to wait on line yeah oh because well we we get online we don't wait in line and we don't say queue up either we're, we're always mm. yeah we wait online that's just i think it's just the vernacular that we use here okay that we're waiting online now there's another thing i don't wait online meaning i mean if i have to go to the bank i'm waiting online if i'm buying a metro car i'm waiting online but if i want to go somewhere and there's a line i can always go somewhere else i mean granted you might wait to get online to i don't know get into a stadium or the arena just to watch the basketball hockey. I don't know. Right. But if I walk by a brunch place and I st see people standing online, oh, there's no way. But yes, we do say online, not in line. You're right. But don't you agree with me about that? Oh, wait, me? What? No. Oh my gosh. I'm speechless, Jacqueline. <laughs> I have never heard this expression that I guess you're saying New Yorkers say online instead of I'm waiting in line. Yeah. Um. Uh-uh. I've never heard it. Thanks for sharing this with us. Thanks for letting us know that. If you guys ever hear me say online, that's when you know I'm a true New Yorker. Hey everyone, Gossip Nista here. I hope you're enjoying yourself so far as much as I am asking Jacqueline questions about the city and becoming an expert on it. If you would like to be a part of our next Stereotype of New York series, please email me at gossipnista at gmail.com. Lastly, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the Gossip Nista podcast wherever you listen. You can also follow along on Instagram at Gossip Nista podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Now back to the show.
All right, so we have 10 questions down and 32 more to go, but <laughs> it's gonna be an exciting ride. Let's move on to question 11. Jacqueline, number 11 is Pat Kernan is gold. <laughs> so it's Pat Kiernan. Okay. <laughs> and he is the um, anchor on New York One. So it's our local news network. Got it. And you just got to love Pat. He is just so fun and even keeled. Pat Kiernan, everyone loves Pat Kiernan. You know him. He, you know, news these days, that could be a whole other podcast. It's all about commentary and opinions, not really reporting the news. He reports the news every so often. He has something, you know, fun and interesting, you know, commentary or personal belief of his own to say. Got it. Got it. If you're new to the city, definitely check out Channel One and Pat Kiernan. I know I'm going to. Now, Question number 12 is a given, but we're going to ask, and it's the higher the hotel room, the better. Well, yes. And I, I believe that, and I do that wherever I travel, but especially in New York, because then you get to see the view. It's of course. so much more fabulous to see the view. Absolutely. Without a doubt. Okay. Now we're going to move on to question 13, which you're familiar with, Jacqueline, and it's driving is never necessary in New York. <laughs> so as I mentioned earlier, I am just um, I, I'm one of those rare breeds on this earth that does not have a driver's license. <laughs> so separate from that, truly being in New York City, having a car becomes for some an escape. Oh, I'm so happy I have a car because yeah, I can just definitely. get in my car and get out of the city whenever I want, experience something new. I get that concept, but it actually becomes for most a big burden financially. So why have that hassle? You can always rent a car. You can always get a driver. You can always have a friend drive when you could just eliminate one thing to not worry about. Well said. I think if you're coming to New York, you're probably here because you don't want to drive anymore and you don't want to hassle with the inconvenience that other cities have. Okay, but on to question number 14. Cabs are convenient, but the subway is usually quicker. People make fun of me. Why are you, you know, not getting into a taxi? It's late at night. Why are you getting on the subway? And I say to them, mm -hmm. because it's it's just a waste of time and effort and money just to get into a taxi. This is easy. I'm not going to say there haven't been times. Yes, even in my high heels, my feet have hurt. I wanted to get into a taxi, but sometimes it's just easier just to get on the train. And I feel like I'm 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 saving up for something better and not wasting it just sitting in traffic somewhere. Well said again. And while we're on the subject of the subway, question 15 is swiping a Metro card is an art. Yes, you got to do it quick with the wrist or else it's going to have you swipe again and the people behind you are going to be aggravated. So yes, you need to swipe it really well. Okay, got it. So it's all about the wrist. Now moving on to question 16 is empty subway cars are never a good thing. So here's what's funny. I love an empty subway car. Why? Really? Because as a New Yorker, I get a real kick out of it. I almost feel like I hit the jackpot, like, oh my God, I'm a car to myself. Again, there are some that are thinking you're in an empty subway car. Um, it's not safe. It's dangerous. Right. My thinking is what could be dangerous? I'm here by myself. I guess their thought process is if it opens at the next stop and there's one other person, God forbid something could happen. So I get that. You have to be smart. You could always just get out the next stop and run to the next car. Good point. But I think generally the thing behind empty subway cars is that there's been an incident in there that you kind of may not want to be in there for. So Very true. And, and we've all walked into subway cars, even when there are people in it, they're all at one end. You think, oh my God, how are people even sitting in here? <laughs> the air conditioning's not on. It's a hundred degrees out or someone did, the, yeah, something nasty that you've, you've seen 
seen a lot of interesting things on the subway, and I think that's what makes it the new experience. So um, <laughs> I, I think I win jackpot when I get by myself. I think like it's finding a heads up penny. Love it. I think it's because you're a native New Yorker, you are ready to take on anything, right? But I would forewarn anyone who's like new to the city to kind of not get that comfortable on an empty subway train. Okay, so more subway talk. Question number 17, Showtime isn't entertaining. It's dangerous. Well, so Showtime, and, and I, I we talked about this a little bit earlier, is when you're on the subway and you hear the... Guys and girls get on, sometimes kids, and they're saying it's showtime. Right. People start to groan because they know that they're probably going to do some sort of performance act on the, 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 the subway car. And a lot of times it involves them dancing and swinging around the middle pole. So it's the people that perform on the subway. Okay. Yes. So, I mean, yeah, it gets pretty dangerous in there. I think now it's become like part of the saying to say it's showtime mm-hmm. and everyone is just either excited to watch or just moaning and groaning. And I think because I think the MTA is, has used that phrase, showtime is, they had an ad about it, is, is not a, it's, you know, about the safety, right? Because it is not safe. Those guys could fall and you know, hurt themselves if the train stops suddenly. But I hope one day you get to hear it, them say it's showtime because it is very funny. I'm sure I will. And I probably have, but I probably was just like in my headphones listening to a podcast or something. Anyhow, on to question number 18. There is no north or south. So if someone's saying, oh, I have to go to Harlem, they're not going to say I'm going north. I mean, they'll basically say everything is uptown or downtown. Mm-hmm. We, we refer to uptown and downtown in New York City. And uptown, obviously, as the numbers get higher, you're going north. And as the numbers get lower, you're going south. And I'm, people are like, well, how do you know it's north? Well, then, then you, know, you keep going, it's Canada. You keep going, it's Florida. What, what, what can <laughs> I tell way you of putting here, it. Um, as far as north and south? But we do sometimes say north when we're talking about the side of the street. What, t- what side? Oh, I'm on the north side of the street. No one would really say the uptown side of the street, but I'm going uptown where? To the Upper East Side, Upper West Side, and I'm going downtown to the World Trade Center. Uh-huh. So yeah, no one would ever say I'm going south to the World Trade Center. You'd say I'm going downtown. I'll give you another one when you talk about how you verbalize something. Please. Our subway lines here, since we've been on this conversation, there's different lines and there's letters and numbers. Again, if someone's not from New York listening, but they're also different colors. A mm-hmm. New Yorker will never say, oh, I'm taking the orange line. But the B, D, and F are part of the, they're orange, the orange circles. As much as they're all different colors, it's funny how maybe that's never caught on that we really refer to it. I'm taking the one, you know, I'm going to take the six, but you would never say I'm taking, you know, the green line. So it's very interesting how they're labeled as such, but not utilized. Great point that you're bringing up. I've never heard it utilized that way either. I mean, people don't use the colors. They either reference the number or the letter for the subways. That's exactly it. So when we hear someone say, oh, I'm going to go to Rockefeller Center. I know I can take the orange line there. We laugh because we know that they're not from New York. They're 100% right about the color to get there, but we just would never refer to that. (laughs) Okay, great point again for new people or tourists to take note of. Now on to question number 19, Jacqueline, which is bodegas are everything. So yes, and it's funny how the phrase bodega, you know, which is a Spanish word has now become the word for any type of deli or grocery store um, anywhere. So not just in a Spanish speaking neighborhood, you know, it's a small little store. That's that. I mean, that's what the meaning is. 
Um, so you really get everything there. So obviously you're getting any food, but it's either packaged food or prepared food or a sa- uh, salad bar, which is a whole nother thing. Us New Yorkers, you know, we're okay scooping salad out that everyone else has breathed on. Oh you my know, gosh. Just, we're just, we're good with it. As long as the bodega is clean, then you're good. Obviously in the morning you order from one side at the deli counter, a sandwich, um, and your coffee. And then when you get to the cash register, it's waiting there for you and they get to know your order. They get to know your name. So they're lifesavers here. I don't know how people would live. And there are some people that actually shop in them like their regular grocery shopping as opposed to anywhere else. Yeah, bodegas are some kind of interesting and definitely convenient. We did talk about this more in depth on my episode four, Eating in New York with Brunch Boys Jeremy Jacobowitz. So you can head on over there to learn more about eating in New York and bodegas. But while we're talking about bodegas, Jacqueline, you know, you can't really buy all your alcohol there. So I think they only do beers, right? And you have to get your alcohol somewhere else. Right. In New York City, there's a liquor store for liquor, wine and spirits. And then you can't sell beer there. And then in a you can buy beer in a grocery store or a bodega, but you can't buy um, liquor or al- you know, alcohol. Perfect. Thanks so much for clarifying that. That's a huge thing. When I first came into the city, I was looking for the alcohol all in one place, and that just wasn't the case. I mean, that may be the case in other states in the U.S. or other places, but definitely not in New York, guys. So like, for instance, if you go to Whole Foods, which are popular in New York, or Trader Joe's, you are only going to be able to buy your beer there, okay? Only beer. You can only get your wine, champagne, and hard alcohol at a literal designated liquor store, which you can find several throughout the city. But that's inconvenient. Do you know why, Jacqueline? It's a state thing. It's not even a city thing. Enough said. Okay, on to question number 20. Bodega cats are a neighborhood mascot. So there are a lot of bodegas that do have cats, so you get to know them. And I hope that everyone realizes in some respects why there are cats in the bodegas. Rats, creatures. Okay, moving on. Question (laughs) 21 is movies are full of lies about NYC real estate. (laughs) Yes, I think they tend to um, show everyone living in some of the most glamorous places to live. And I think sometimes the character that's being portrayed wouldn't necessarily live in that apartment. I guess we're being a little judgy here as New Yorkers. So mm-hmm. we're being stereotypical about what people can afford. Um, and then I think sometimes they go out of their way to really show such down and dirty and horrible living conditions as well. I can see that. Definitely see that. Okay, let's move on to question 22. To avoid Times Square on New Year's Eve. And for that matter, I'm going to throw in question 23. To avoid Times Square most of the time. Okay, you are going to love this Mm -hmm. um, answer because I am one of those New Yorkers that have been in New Year's Eve. No. I think it's 13 times on uh, Times Square, 13 times on New Year's Eve. No freaking way. Oh my gosh, no way. Okay, how and when? The first time I went to New Year's Eve, I was a freshman in college and I always wanted to go there. Okay. I went 
when there were there were no pens, there was not a lot of the where they section you off. And I really thought that I was going to be trampled and possibly killed. It was out of control. Can't imagine. But it was pushing and wow. maneuvering around. It's just it was just like being in a big mob crowd. Wow. I then went again in my business. I was very fortunate to be at Windows on Broadway, which is the restaurant at the time, right underneath the Coca Cola sign. We sat in the center spot, nice. looked at Times Square. That was great. Another time, I bought out that same venue for a client. So we had that whole money shot of into Times Square where the ball drops. Yes. One of the more exciting times was that I was in New Year's Eve for the millennial, millennium, excuse me. So I was there. I got there at about 6.30 in the morning on 1999. And we were there till about 2.30 in the morning on 2000. Nice. Tell me more. Past years, I have been there in an NYPD and FDNY pen. So I go to a private event by them down the block, and then they bring us outside at around 11.15, and we're, we're not staying there all night, and I love it. The energy there is out of control. I'm the world sure. is watching it. Um, but again, I think I'm fortunate that I've had the opportunity to do that as opposed to just a regular person that just goes and stands there all day. Oh my gosh, that is so awesome to hear, Jacqueline. Thanks for sharing. I've always wondered anyone who has gone during the ball drop, and it's Amazing to hear you went 13 times. Wow, <laughs> especially now that you have the hookup. Like seriously, that NYPD block off. Can you can you tell us more about that? The NYPD and FDNY hookup has been of the recent years. I, uh -huh. I have friends and through my business with the NYPD and FDNY, and we make a charitable donation. It's casual. It's not one of these you get dressed up and all sequins and go out. That's a part of me for those. That's like an amateur night. Like I get to do that and go out <laughs> yeah. a lot. Naturally, I can put on a sequin dress whenever I want if I want to go out. That's a whole New York thing. You could do that. Absolutely. If you walk into a bar that's really casual and you're in a sequin dress, they might have just thought that you were somewhere else that night. Yes. You know? So you should never be concerned about that. So with that being said, this event has a lot of families there. Mm. And the NYPD and FDNY um, officers, uh, et cetera, and firefighters, they escort us out on 44th Street, right in the center of Times Square, oh my the building gosh. where the ball drops is 42nd Street. And it's it's a great experience. It's a great hookup. I'm sure. And it's just so fun to see there. And again, from the event perspective, when I was there for the millennium, to see all the build out what's happening there. So if you're visiting New York or in New York and you don't want to be there on New Year's Eve, I would suggest going there the day before, watching them building it all because Love it. the city is still going on. There's still traffic all until they close it down that day. It's really a great experience. I, I love it. And yeah, I, I suggest it to anyone. Oh my goodness, Jacqueline, such great insight and tips regarding the ball drop on New Year's Eve. You have truly inspired me. I have always wanted to be in Times Square during that time. I'm sure that's a dream for many. Definitely, I feel this year, 2020, going into 2021, you will spot me there for anyone who wants to join. It's fun. I, I think everyone should do something like that once in their lifetime because you do watch it on TV and it's, it's pretty spectacular just to see that whole experience. So it was great to be right in the middle of it. Wow. Okay. Enough fun talk, Jacqueline. On to question number 23, which I mentioned earlier, to avoid Times Square most of the time. You know, I think. Um, that's a stereotype of New Yorkers about New Yorkers to say, oh, mm -hmm. we would never go there. It's so horrible. If you, there are New Yorkers that work near there and you have to walk through there. And I think that's the funny part about it. As a New Yorker, to walk through Times Square and to see the people that are not from here and they're looking, I don't want to say gawking. They're just amazed. There's so much neon. You know, think of like 
all of Las Vegas into a couple of blocks. Right. I mean, you can't put up a billboard in Times Square unless you have all that neon, all that lights, and all that movement, all that video. I think it's just um, a funny place. So I think I'm, I'm dispelling the myth because I'm trying to express as a New Yorker that I'm not saying, oh, every day I don't have to walk through it, but I'm going to walk through it to see something new. But if you happen to have to walk through it, I wouldn't avoid it. I would just kind of embrace it and, you know, shrug and laugh it off. Yes, agreed. Times Square is so much fun. There's so much to see. You can pass by there. It's no big deal. Okay, on to question 24, Jacqueline. Take the pizza, leave the hot dog. <laughs> you know, so I grew up eating those hot dogs and they are a little sketchy because they are like sitting in dirty water that they call them dirty water dogs. Ew. But there is something to be said by getting a hot dog or knish, or we used to even call it, you're going to love this, the rat on a stick. And we always would say burn it because you really didn't know what it was, but it tasted so good when it was wow. burnt. So I, okay, so I don't eat pizza anymore, but yeah, dollar pizza is great. It's a dollar, right? There's nothing wrong with it. Um, they, some say that the dollar pizza place is because the cheese that they're using, it's, not that it's bad cheese, but it might be cheese that in the next two days it just needs to go. So they're using it quick and that's why it's cheap. Oh my gosh. But if you're in New York, you should definitely get a hot dog with mustard and sauerkraut. You should get a knish. You know, I, if I have to explain what a knish is, just look it up. Um, and, um, and you should get a pretzel. That's what you should do. Wow, Jacqueline, you did it again. So many great tips. Those are signature key New York foods. One must try 100% agree with you in that sense. In regards to the knish you mentioned, just want to tell everyone it's essentially like a doughy uh, pastry puff that generally has mashed potato filling and other fillings within it. You should definitely try it. Let's move on to question 25, which is more food. Black and white cookies are not Oreos. That's 100% correct. An Oreo, although the colors are black and white, they are not a black and white cookie. So a black and white cookie is a, 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 some place they call half moon, but okay. half the cookie is black and half the cookie is white. It's almost like a shortbread type of um, cookie underneath with the black and white icing. Oh. It's become a New York staple. Um, we give them out a lot as gifts in our business, like if we're doing traveling, looking at venues or with tours, we give out mm -hmm. them. Um, supposedly, they were invented on the Upper West East Side. Then they were invented up in Utica, New York, which is all the way upstate. It's just become a staple of New York. You can find them in any of those bodegas you talk about, but even some of the very fancy places make black and white cookies, just a true staple. Interesting. It's crazy. I actually haven't come across these, or maybe I don't really just take notice of them, but I haven't tasted one. And this is kind of new news to me. So thanks for sharing, Jacqueline. Now we're going to stick on the subject of eating and we're moving on to question 26, back to pizza. Question 26 is eating pizza does not require a table. Growing up and eating pizza, honestly, probably don't eat pizza now because I probably ate pizza every day, you know, like throughout junior high and high school. Okay. And we grew up standing and eating pizza. And even now the dollar pizza places, they really don't have tables where you sit. They do have like the high boy cocktail tables where you could stand. But eating pizza, even without the paper plate, is the way to eat pizza. Noted. Okay. So you walk everywhere in New York and you stand while you eat your pizza. And if you're a true <laughs> New Yorker, you fold it. All right. On to question 27. You don't need to go to Little Italy for good Italian. That is correct. I don't know the statistic on it, but probably there's more Italian restaurants in New York than any others. Right. Besides Little Italy, downtown of Manhattan, there is another Little Italy up in Arthur Avenue in the Bronx. You can go there. But there's just a lot of 
great Italian restaurants in New York City. And I think I think Little Italy is a fun place to go, so I would not discourage it. Little Italy has gotten smaller mm-hmm. and it's just become that Mulberry Street is just really a couple of blocks long as opposed to it being much longer. But I think you should go there because it's an experience. Definitely. Um, and especially go there during the Feast of San Gennaro, which is just such a funny feast and you know street fair. But there's a lot of great Italian all over New York City. Yes, so many great options in New York for Italian, for pizza, for anything and everything. Okay, so we're going to continue on this food talk. I have one last food question to ask, but I will ask it after this. Hey everyone, Gossip Nista here. I wanted to hop in here one last time to ask you to please subscribe, rate, and review the Gossip Nista podcast wherever you listen. Also, you can connect with me and follow along on Instagram at Gossipnista Podcast. I'd absolutely love to meet you and hear your story. Lastly, if you have any New York general or stereotype questions you'd like to hear on a future episode, please reach out to me at Gossipnista at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Now back to the show with Jacqueline. Let's talk dumplings, Jacqueline. Okay, we're only 15 questions away from 42. And question 28 is, Chinatown dumplings are the best brunch food. Yes. So, I mean, brunch in New York City, that's a whole other... We could have a whole podcast about that. You know, people just, they'll go to the gym early in the morning, they'll get dressed, they'll go to boozy brunch, and you know, by six o'clock, they're home taking a nap and maybe going out even later. So dim sum... um, and the dumplings down in Chinatown uh, is truly a very New York experience. Mm. And would I say it's the best brunch food? Not necessarily for me, but it is something that a lot of people do. Love me some good dim sum and dumplings. If you guys want to know suggestions for where to grab some in New York, head on over to episode four, Eating in New York, where Jeremy gives a handful of suggestions for places to eat dim sum and dumplings. Okay, on to question 29, Jacqueline. Some museums have suggested admission prices. They do. Actually, uh, most of the, the biggest museums are not um, um, uh, an admission price to get it suggested. So I think that's great for New Yorkers of, or anyone that's visiting that they should go experience it suggested. I think you should give a donation and give what you can because you want to support the arts and support these major institutions. Yeah. But um, you should really inquire about that and look online. They don't, you know, you don't have to go in and go to an admission line and buy the admission. It's not like an attraction, it's a museum. So I think that's something you should do. And you should definitely give something because I think that's just nice to do. But what a great way to experience New York and know you don't have to necessarily pay a high price. Definitely agree that even though it is just suggested that you donate, that you should give something. There's so much beauty in New York and it costs money to keep it that way. But um, I want to dive into this a little deeper, Jacqueline, because my experience um, since coming into New York, there is a $25 fee for non-residents of New York at the Met Museum as of, I don't know when, but this was around the summer when I went. And luckily, I had my pay stub so I didn't really have to pay but if you really think about it that's kind of a hefty price in the sense where if people are not just looking to look at the art and they're going to go to the rooftop and enjoy a cocktail I mean cocktails up there cost $20 just one of them so 
everything will add up and the cafeteria and the food there. It's definitely going to be an expense to calculate from now on. I'm honestly not aware of that. So and when I hear things about New York that I'm not aware of, I feel like, oh, how come I don't know that? So I would love to know more about that. That's that's an interesting concept. And maybe maybe I like it because they're doing that for New Yorkers. Maybe it's not nice because they're keeping other people out. Maybe $25 is high. Maybe it's low. I don't know. I don't know. I haven't. Yes. So there is actually a price. I'm on the Met Museum website now because I want to set the record straight for people right off the bat. It says admission policy, New York State residents, New Jersey, Connecticut students, the amount you pay for the ticket is up to you. So that's where the suggested price comes in that you can donate. But overall, for anyone who's not any resident from those places, like tourists or new people to New York, general admission tickets, $25 for adults, $17 for seniors, and $12 for students. So be ready for that. I really didn't know that. So that's interesting because the Met, what's great about the Metropolitan Museum of Art, so it's um, I think it was at one point the largest footprint of any building in New York City. Okay. But, you know, obviously it's one of the top world-class art museums in the world. Um, it, it it also has its rooftop garden in the summer. There There is so much to see there. It's it's an impressive a building and an art museum. So it's interesting to hear that about that admission. I got to check that out. All right. Well, I think we set the record straight. But let's continue on this subject. Let's move on to question number 30, which is museum exhibits are the best. So since we're talking about the Met, for me, quite honestly, I love the Temple of Dender. And I've actually been very fortunate to have produced events there. It's probably my Mm -hmm. most favorite event space in all of New York City. Um, A client once we took in there and said, well, do we get these props with the event? They thought they were props, but they are actual artifacts from... um, the Temple of Dender in Egypt that Jacqueline Kenny Onassis commissioned being brought over and they built this special wing of this museum, which has beautiful glass. It looks out in Central Park and like 5,000 years old. How many years old? I don't know how old they are. And it is just stunning. And with the beautiful water representing the the Nile, I guess, the Nile River, it's just, it's stunning and it's just austere and gorgeous. Also, there's a great um, Egyptian art exhibit at the Brooklyn um, Museum in Brooklyn. So that would be somewhere else that I would suggest. And I also just think um, going to see the dinosaur exhibit at the American Museum of Natural History is truly, truly impressive. I would um, I would highly suggest that. Um, you know, it's just so vast and big and just awesome. Awesome. Okay, so you gave three great tips for people to check out some museums. Now let's continue again on this road and it's question 31. The city's lesser known art spots. There's a lot of now cool pop-up places out in Bushwick and in Greenpoint and Williamsburg that mm-hmm. even I'm not necessarily aware of, but they're saying now that Chelsea might have more art exhibits in the area of Chelsea than any other neighborhood in all of the country. Okay, makes sense. But as a typical New Yorker, again, here's a stereotype that I live. We want to think we have the biggest, the best, the most in this area. We just want to brag about stuff. So I'm not <laughs> to say I'm exaggerating, but I've heard this, but that's pretty cool to know that. Great. Thanks for sharing that. Okay. Question 32 is how beautiful Grand Central Terminal is. Yes. So Grand Central Terminal is fabulous. I'm glad you said terminal and not station because station terminals where trains end. So it is a terminal. Mm, That's where Metro North ends in New York City. Stations where they pass through and it is truly, truly gorgeous building. And the fact that they were one day going to tear, they were one point thinking of tearing it down is pretty incredible. So it is stunning to walk through there. 
I can't imagine a world without Grand Central Station. It is gorgeous, majestic, and a landmark of New York. Thank goodness for Jackie Kennedy saving its demise in the 1970s. Help save that. Yeah. Now we're moving on to question 33 that goes back to museums. And it's, there are many underrated museums. The Skyscraper Museum. There's a museum of ice cream. There's a museum of sex, which is not far from me. (laughs) There are attractions. And I think those are just fun things to look at. As much as, you know, you want to see the really big museums, you hear about them. There's a museum for everything here in New York City. So go, go, go look at them. Definitely something for everyone. Okay, question 34. And you're going to love this one, Jacqueline. Brooklyn is amazing. Obviously, because I am from there. And again, we talked about being the fourth largest city in America if it was its own city out of the largest city in America. Mm -hmm. There are so many famous people that have come from Brooklyn. This is not a political statement because I don't want to offend anyone, you know, how I might feel. But Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Chuck Schumer and Bernie Sanders all went to my high school. Okay. The saying is there's there's more members of Congress sitting or ever from my high school than any other high school in the country. So that's pretty cool. Interesting. What high school? Oh, James Madison. James Madison in Brooklyn. Yes. Anywho, um, but Brooklyn, uh, there's just so much there. And again, we talked about the parts bordering on Manhattan, such as Williamsburg and Greenpoint and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, Brooklyn Heights. But you should really experience some of the way out areas of, um, you know, Flatbush where I grew up and Midwood, Kings Highway, Shipsa Bay, Brighton Beach, Coney Island. It's, It's truly um, a blood type. That's that's really all I can say. Love it. And there are more places of worship there than anywhere else in the country and really go come experience it. <laughs> I love how passionate you are about Brooklyn. Okay, but question 35 is Queens has amazing food. So um, as I mentioned before, Queens has more languages spoken in Queens anywhere else in the country. So what comes with that? That means there's more people from those countries in Queens anywhere else in this country. So mm-hmm. there is just so many different neighborhoods with so many hole in the wall. When I say hole in the wall, I mean it's affectionately. It's not a big fancy fancy restaurant, not a name you might know, but it's some of the best of any nationality food that you're going to get. So would totally suggest doing that. Very easy to get there, you know, by subway. I mean, Queens is the largest borough uh, landmass of all the boroughs. I've heard a lot of great things about Queens. I haven't gotten a chance to get over there, but yes, um, I, I'm pretty sure you're 100% accurate in the sense of all the cultures and the food. So check that out. Now question 36, the best thing after a trip to the zoo is an Italian dinner. Well, I gather what they're thinking of here with this is that they're thinking you're going to the Bronx Zoo, which is our main zoo, although there is a zoo in Central Park and there is a zoo in Prospect Park in Brooklyn, but the Bronx Zoo is up in the Bronx and they're thinking that you're going to go to Arthur Avenue, which is the other Little Italy. Some might say, probably people in the Bronx, that that's the original um, Little Italy. Really? But okay. that's really exciting to go on up there. And then I think if you happen to have gone to the Prospect Park Zoo, you could go out for Italian food in Brooklyn. So I, I I think that's a good good thing to state. I'm good with that. That sounds perfect. And it sounds like you can visit a zoo in every borough for that matter, at least Brooklyn, Manhattan, and the Bronx, and then grab some Italian in one of their designated areas there. Okay, that's a good New York date or, um, you know, taking out the kiddos. Anyhow, on to question number 37, which is when to rent a city bike. A funny thing is about I've I've 
haven't rented a city bike because as much as I'm a true New Yorker, this people might laugh that they've been listening to all this. I've always been afraid of riding a bike in the sub in the streets. Mm-hmm. I'm usually not, I'm not scared of walking anywhere and being anywhere and people anywhere, but it's like, I guess the physical thing of riding a bike. So I've not rented yet, but you can rent them anywhere. Um, so when to rent a city bike, I just think that whenever you just need to get on and go would be the thing to do. I don't. Well, if I'm honest, I am a little skittish to ride a bike to Jacqueline. So you're perfectly okay with that. Like the streets of New York don't look too inviting. It is hectic out there. There is designated bike lanes, but I'll, I'll stick to just walking or the subway too. But um, I did want to give a tip out there. I don't know where I've heard it or read it or someone told me, but the dirtiest spot in the city to touch is the city bike handles. So do beware of that and um, carry hand sanitizer with you. I do that all the time here in the city. It's a must for me. But on to question number 38. The High Line is always worth it. You know, I don't carry hand sanitizer because I guess probably because I don't want to schlep another big thing in my big bag or if I'm not carrying a bag at all, Mm -hmm. but I probably should. I I do. I think just because I grew up in the city that maybe I'm just, all right, it is what it is. We're all going to have some dirt. I rode the subway. I've touched things. I've Mm -hmm. walked down streets and held the rail. I'm a little more conscious of it now, but I have heard that not so much about the city bike handles, but I guess we should all think that that would be dirty, right? Makes sense. Yeah. Regarding the hand sanitizer, I definitely see a lot of people schlepping that around with their bags. It's like tied around their bag, the small ones. So their bags, you're right. Okay, now on to the High Line. <laughs> so the High Line is just such an interesting place because when I was growing up, we used to see those those train tracks that were abandoned and we're thinking they just look so ominous, you know, over there on the west side in the meatpacking district. Mm-hmm. And now that they built a park up there, I mean, what an incredible concept. And they're looking to do this in other cities around the country as well to just abandon um, areas or train track. So I think it's just a great place to go. It's a great place to people watch. It's a great way to see the view from a different vantage point. Agreed. The High Line is beautiful. Definitely recommend it. Okay, on to question 39. Where to find ice cream by the Brooklyn Bridge? So walking over the Brooklyn Bridge is great because it has this, this whole pedestrian part of the bridge. I find it, believe it or not, a little scary because they're, they're wooden slats. They're um, almost like... Um, they're almost like a boardwalk, but you're on the bridge over the water and you're very, very high up. Right. So it just it's a scary thing when you can see beneath them all the way down um, and they have a bike lane on it. So walking over the bridge is great from downtown Manhattan, um, like in the Civic Center area. When you come out over the bridge, you just make a, a right and swoop around and there is um, a little uh ice cream factory that's right there at the base of the bridge. So that's fun that you can do that. Yes. Walking the Brooklyn Bridge is definitely something everyone should do. It's only about 1.1 miles long and um, about an hour walk. You can walk it way faster if you're if you're walking faster for that matter. But yes, there's treats, all sorts of treats on the other side. Yeah, it's a great thing to do. And there's a lot of New Yorkers that have just never done it. I'm sure. Okay, on to question number 40. We're only two away from the finale, guys. Some of the best views are from the cheap or free ferries. You, the the Staten Island Ferry is free. It's a commuter ferry. It's the largest commuter ferry in the world. But it takes you out to, to Staten Island, which is um, the borough that's only reachable from New York City by the ferry or by the Verrazano Bridge that connects it to Brooklyn. Okay. What's great about that view is that that ferry goes so far out, you get an expansive view of the city that's different than the boats that go around the city. 
and it's free. So it's great. Once you get onto the Staten Island side, you have to get off to get back on, but highly recommend it. Yes, definitely highly recommend it. It is free and it does have some amazing views. There's several other ferries you can take that are pretty cheap as well, like the water taxis and various other things that run about the same price as a subway swipe. So on to question number 41, head to Union Square for people watching. Well, you know, I would say head anywhere in New York City to people watching. I mean, don't even have to head anywhere. Just be walking around and you're going to be people watching. That's, it's organic. It just happens naturally. Right. Um, Union Square is very interesting um, because it almost has like an every day or every weekend, definitely kind of, when I say protest, some sort of group gathering with signage. Um, mm. They have the Hare Krishnas there that are always sitting there. Um, this is where they had a lot of the Occupy Wall Street people there um, during that time frame. Anything that's going on in the city where there's a, some sort of protest, they always seem to find their way into Union Square because that's an easy park just to kind of congregate. Union Square is definitely always busy. And, you know, my um, interview one on the podcast, Navigating the New York Subway with Subway Creatures Rick McGuire, he said that it's the busiest station stop to see the craziest things. So yes, I could see everything you just mentioned, Jacqueline, where everything just congregates there. So definitely a place to check out for people watching. Now on to the final and last question, Jacqueline, and it's the city really doesn't sleep. So it was funny. I said something before when I said something about New York City you know, say that doesn't sleep. I said, I actually think Las Vegas is because you really can get a cocktail there 24 hours. Right. The bars stay open here till 4 a.m. So we talked about that. And there's always traffic and you could ride the subway at all hours of the night. And if that bodega that we talked about is delivering food to us 24 hours a day, so they're always operating. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the people are coming and going. It's not outlandish, as we discussed earlier, like to go get your nails done. There's a 24-hour, there are a couple 24-hour nail salons here, which also you can get your hair done at. It's it's exciting and um, it's not like being in a suburban town or other small cities where things do shut down on the main street. Here, Definitely. It's, it's always alive and there's always something going on. And even though bars close at 4 a.m., I've been to a lot of after hour bars that are open that probably shouldn't be. And there are even some clubs that although they stop serving at 4 a.m., you could stay there till 8 a.m. in the morning, nice. know, 8 a.m. the rest of the world starting. So yeah, it's exciting. And, and New Yorkers tend to not necessarily just sleep a lot. We're just always on the go. Oh my goodness, Jacqueline. This has been so amazing. So much fun. You are great. You are fabulous. You literally are the source in New York. I mean, <laughs> anyone listening today, they probably love New York as much as I do and you do. And that's why I wanted to have someone like you on the show today. I appreciate your time. And as for New York, guys, it definitely is the city that never sleeps. And you'll hear it from everyone I probably ever interview. It's the energy. It's the people. And, you know, let's tell the audience, Jacqueline, where they can connect with you. Well, I'm I, first of all, before I get to that, those specifics, I just have to thank you. The, the amount of time that we got to spend just chit chatting. Like I said, we should have done this on a bar stool somewhere. Oh my gosh, um, yes. And I'm glad that you asked such interesting questions that were just 
the answers were just easy to roll, just roll off my tongue or out of my head or me flailing my arms around if you got to see it on a webcam. Um, of course. And what's great is that I hope that people actually listen to this. So I really would love to hear what you liked, what you didn't like. Well, do I really care what you didn't like? Or say, hey, I got something for you you might not know about. And I hope whoever spent the actual time to listen to all this will um, will um, you know let us know because I'm, I'm really eager to hear about it. I'm very passionate about this. It's my home. Right. And also professionally, that's personally, professionally, I get to welcome people here. So I want to do the best to uh, keep doing that. Um, as far as where to find me, I'm Jacqueline. I'll spell a few because it's spelled differently. It's J-A-C-L-Y-N, Bernstein, B-E-R-N-S-T-E-I-N. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm on Facebook as Jacqueline Bernstein. Instagram is Jacqueline underscore Bernstein. My email is Jacqueline.Bernstein at accessdmc.com. Perfect. You guys, be sure to connect with Jacqueline. And I have to give credit to Travel and Leisure and the questions they asked on their 42 Things You Only Know If You're a Native New Yorker. And of course, you, Jacqueline, for, you know, either agreeing or disagreeing with them. And really, you are such a great Gossip Nista. (laughs) I've adored meeting you and chatting with you and hearing about your story, how you moved to New York and had this very New York destination wedding. I don't think of New York as a destination wedding. I think of going to the Caribbean or the Caribbean. Depends who you are, right? So it's so right. funny that you made this your destination. You're making this your life, and you're making these podcasts about New York, your profession, and you're not a New Yorker-ish yet. So I actually mm. think you are now a true New Yorker based on all the things that you have asked and developed oh, wow. and learned from me. So I, I, I knight you, or I give you a good slap on the back or I cheers with a cocktail on that bar stool and make you my newest New Yorker friend. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love it. Oh my goodness. I love New York. Yes, of course I did all that. I am more than happy to get that slap in the back and (laughs) be your new New Yorker friend. Guys, you've heard it here. I think she's officially inaugurated me a New Yorker. So we're just going to keep it at that. All right. I hope you've enjoyed it. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to Gossip Nista. Your support means the world. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please be sure to hit the subscribe button and share this podcast with your friends. Can't wait till next week's episode? Follow along on Instagram at Gossip Nista to get my latest New York happenings. But if you live and breathe New York City like I do and want even more, go to our website at GossipNista.com, explore, and subscribe to our newsletter to get insider tips first. Lastly, if you have any questions and or scoop on the city, you can email me at gossipnista at gmail.com. Until next time, you know you love me. XOXO, Gossip Nista.